everyone, and welcome to Brunch and Learn. I'm your host, Nicole Dillon, and this is a podcast for women who love to brunch, like myself. Here, we talk about two of my favorite topics, brunch, obviously, and the idea that we can learn something new every day. Each episode will interview a new female powerhouse, gab as though we're girlfriends at brunch, and learn something for our brains. So let's get started. Hello, brunch and learners. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have guest Catherine K. Sprung, and she is the founder and owner of Squish Marshmallow, host of Sprung on Food, and podcast Irate with Catherine Sprung. She's a commercial voiceover artist, award-winning chef, content creator, and culinary producer. She is also a fellow UCF alum, which I'm excited about. (laughs) Um, And I just want to welcome you to the guest, Catherine. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, fellow UCF alum. That was a fun kind of tidbit to learn. Go go Knights. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but yeah, let's, let's kick things off. Tell the listeners who you are more about Catherine squish marshmallow sprung on food, how you started it all. Tell us about you. Yeah. Well, thank you for the intro. I feel like that was a very like excellent entree into everything. Cause I can sometimes go on tangents. So, um, so hold on to those notes. Um, I started squish marshmallows, uh, about eight years ago at this point. And it really started from a food blog that I was working on just as a pas- a passion project just for fun. And I was primarily doing it to kind of explore the hospitality industry in the city. So different restaurants and bars, bakeries, taking photos, writing fun little reviews. Um, and again, this was, you know, uh, eight years ago. So this is kind of before, um, like Instagram influencer food blogger thing was like a thing. And I wasn't looking to monetize off it either. This was really just, just a fun project for, for me to do. Uh, I just left a tech startup job. So this was, uh, something to kind of <laughs> entertain me, keep me busy, but also, you know, perhaps act as a working resume. I studied, uh, broadcast journalism. So I thought, okay, you know, let, let's, let's do this in the meantime, while we're kind of, you know, job searching and, and see maybe this can turn into something. Right. Um, and after a little while, uh, I was like, well, you know, going out to the restaurants and stuff, because I'm not like an influencer person, I'm paying for everything. So it's not free. So I was like, we need to supplement in some free content in there. So let's do some recipes. I love, I love cooking and baking more so baking and, uh, did a recipe for marshmallows and was like, I feel like there's a lot of potential here for different flavors and texture and and things like that, that I certainly hadn't seen and wasn't really familiar with. So figured it's time to play. Let's try this and shared with some friends and family. And it it really didn't take me terribly long because I, I didn't have much going on at that time to think like I 
maybe let's try and start this into a business. Now I have no business background. I don't have a culinary background. So technically I have no business doing this business, but, um, but I have like an entrepreneurial spirit, I think. And, uh, and I'm not afraid to reach out and ask for help from other people and say like, so I'm thinking about starting this food business. Like, what do I need to do? Um, so that was kind of the launch of it. I started completely by myself and ran it completely by myself for uh, about two and a half years until I entertained the idea of opening up a brick and mortar, which I had always kind of, you know, leaned away from it and then toward it. And ultimately it just seemed like, you know, just a, a great next step uh, for just availability and to really bring on a team that, you know, where I was working out of um, commercial shared kitchens before and scheduling was always tough. And, you know, sometimes things are very on demand and that's not really fair or easy to work with when it comes to employees um, and a staff. So this was like, okay, everything will be under one roof, the kitchen, the retail, and, and, and that's how, that's how it'll be. So, uh, had the shop in the East Village for five years, and then lease ended April 2021, and I chose to not renew the lease. Um, and so things are just online right now, just custom catering. And with that newly found free time that I had that... Man alive, I can tell you, like I, and I think a lot of other solopreneurs uh, too can attest to this that, you know, you don't have days off when you're running a business, a shop, and things like that. Um, and it's not to glorify not having, you know, days off and always working and not sleeping a lot. I, I, th- I think it's terrible for you. And that's why people get burnt out and, And then, you know, then came a shining light of this whole idea of self-care. And it's like, self-care, what's that? Like, (laughs) I had no idea. Um, I was like, maybe one day I'll figure it out. And, um, and, And truly kind of closing the retail location portion and changing the model of the business allowed me to you know, have somewhat of a a life again. I I hadn't really in, in probably, you know, I started the business eight years ago, but then things really started picking up. So, so seven years, you know, of working every day, having maybe a handful of days off in a year, it's just, you know, it's a lot and you do it because you're in it. Um, but at a certain point, on a personal level, I, I was just like, Ooh, I, I, I need a, I need a little breather. So yeah. that's when I was able to work on another passion project that I really wanted to do with a, a, a friend and colleague. And, um, and that was sprung on food where, uh, I would get the opportunity to go around to other, other businesses, other, uh, you know, restaurants and, and bakeries in the city and get to make a signature dish with, with their owner or chef. And that was a, a video series. I mean, it still exists. It's very recent. It's very new. Check it out on YouTube, subscribe and like, um, <laughs> and, uh, and that, and that was so, so much fun to do. Um, like I, that, I love that so much. I, 
you know, sometimes I want to be able to tell other people's stories, not, and and look, I I enjoyed this very much, but sometimes I I like being the storyteller rather than, you know, always telling my story of which I had been doing for so long too. So, so that, that was a really, really cool way to, um, to infuse that in there and kind of, kind of spice things up a little bit. I hear you. I like being the storyteller too. It's nice, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of takes that focus off and you, and you get to, um, you know, think of the questions and, and delve into the topics. I enjoy that. How long have you been doing the YouTube series sprung on food? So that is very new. I, <laughs> I launched it, gosh, uh, summer. I want to say, no, no, no. I started. Yes, yes, yes. I guess summer. Yeah. I think our first episode was in, in August, I want to say. Um, so yeah, quite, quite new. Uh, and then was able to do, um, uh, governor's ball series as well. I got to go out there and highlight all of the, uh, you know, the best, uh, food vendors over there too. So that was really exciting. So there, it, it's all under the same channel, but it's almost like, uh, almost like two seasons, if you will. So there's all of the, you know, kind of regular brick and mortar. And then, and then we have the special music festival governor's ball series, which is, which it was total blast. So much fun. Do you have like a whole team and like production? You want to know the whole team? It's me and my (laughs) friend, Drea. And she does, she does my video. She is so talented and such like, she is the best kind of like partner in crime for this. We just get each other, which like you, you almost take, no, not take it for granted. You just don't realize, um, how lucky you are until maybe you're in a different situation or you're freelancing and you're working with somebody else or doing some or something else. And you're like, Oh gosh, things can be complicated. Things can be hard. Um, but working with her is just like, like breathing air. (laughs) It's just so easy. We, we just got connected and it was such a blessing. So she does my videography, um, and editing. We do co-editing for directing purposes. Um, but, but she handles all that. And, uh, um, and then I do producing, um, co-directing, co-editing, um, hosting. Yeah. So we, we really just divide it kind of down the middle. Um, so it's, you know, it's just the two of us for like scrappy, you know, s- self-made individuals. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get into, um, voice acting? So that was something that I also just was always curious about and, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I just thought like, Hey, wouldn't that be, uh, kind of fun. So, um, I initially had always wanted to do anim- animation, but that's a little bit more, um, uh, specific. And so commercial is m- much broader and seemingly a lot easier to kind of get into. So, uh, it was, it was kind of a string of events, um, where somebody knew somebody who knew somebody and uh, 
they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're looking for, um, we're looking for some new voice talent. So I was like, okay. So I tried to like figure out how to, cause I really, I mean, like I didn't, you can listen, you know, to commercials and things like that and be like, I could do that, but it's, it's easier said than done a lot of times. So I was like, all right, I need to try to figure out how to, maybe I need a, a, like a coach, uh, take classes, you know, so I, I took a few classes with this one woman who was uh, like a private, private coach. I had no idea whether she was good or not. Like I had no barometer. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure she was fine, but I think her, uh, obvious, I don't even remember her name, but obviously I would never say it anyway. Um, she was a totally lovely individual, but I think, I think some of her methodology was a little antiquated. Um, she was more mature and I think was used to maybe, you know, back in the day, uh, kind of commercial voiceover was very more like announcery, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, that announcer voice that everybody knows, yeah. like almost like a news broadcaster news, yeah. voice. Yeah. I'm like, where, what is this cadence? Um, so that was kind of the standard. Now, when you, if you pay attention and listen to the voiceovers in, in commercials on TV or, or even in audio ads and, and radio ads and things like that, it, it it's conversational and that's what they want. They want it to be conversational. They want it to sound like, Oh, like I'm just talking to my friend. Like we're just having a conversation. This is natural. It's not contrived. Um, so I was like, all right, maybe I need to, you know, go to like a more of like an acting kind of like school, <laughs> um, as opposed to just one individual person. So I took some courses, um, to, you know, kind of just, uh, it's so funny to say, but like, work on the craft, um, and, uh, and, and, and do that. So, um, so yeah, so I've been contracted and I do, um, I do commercials and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's something that is, you know, it's, it's a great supplemental income. Uh, you know, it's not something that would be, you know, I'm not, making millions off of it. But, but while I don't, you know, I'm in between projects or things like that, it's nice to have that, um, to sustain things. <laughs> That's so interesting. So yeah. 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 I haven't heard that in a while. I actually like at UCF, that was like an internship. I oh. worked, um, for an ad agency and then they would do voiceovers a lot and uh-huh. like local commercials. I forgot like Comcast or whatever is down there. I forgot. Sure. sure. Um, and like, I remember that and I just remember like some of the, like the professional ones for like TV and radio were just like, they had their own studio and the amount that they charged like back then it was like, in the grand for like, you know, 15 seconds or, and I was like, I yeah, do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean there, you know, if you get, if you get a national spot that, um, you know, is on in syndication and then it's, it's major, um, TV commercial, uh, yeah, no, there, uh, you know, uh, rates now too are so different because now a lot of people are hiring more non-union. So the union, so the, you know, the, scale is different. Um, but, uh, you know, all weird logistics aside, um, if you can score something like that, yes, the money is incredible. And yes, the, it technically is now you may have to do depending on your direction, you know, 
a number of different takes, but usually not that many. And, you know, you can be in and out pretty quickly. You know, Mm -hmm. it is like a 15, 20 second spot, but those are like those coveted, you know, roles. It's just like, it's just like, you know, it's on a much, much smaller scale, but similar to, you know, Hollywood. Right. And it's like, it's like, oh, they make so much, but like how many, how many actors are, you know, at the top, top, top making that much. There are loads of actors doing, you know, very small like community theater or indie films and stuff like that. Um, So that's kind of more of the bulk of, I think, like some of the voiceover work. And then, and then, yeah, those higher ticketed items are are those coveted roles, um, you know, and spots that you'll see like, like a a McDonald's commercial or, you know, like a BMW commercial or something, something like that, where it's just a big name. They got the dollars. (laughs) Ta-da. So I I haven't landed one like that yet, but, um, (laughs) you know, that'd be nice. Yeah. Going back to Sprung on Food, I'm so curious of like, what has been your favorite signature dish or chef that you've interviewed? Oh, well, they've all been fantastic. So, um, so I, you know, it's, it's hard to, to pick a favorite person, favorite dishes though. Um, you know, probably the first, uh, they've, and also they've all been fantastic. Um, I didn't have anything that I was like, Ooh, I don't know about this. <laughs> so that's positive. The first episode uh, it was not the first one that we re- we filmed, but, uh, the, you know, it was kind of out of order. But the first one episode uh, was at Moon Man, and they have Asian-inspired desserts. And we made coconut pancakes, Indonesian coconut pancakes. And I, I had never had that before. And it was so simple but so delicious and so unique. Um, you know, they've since closed their location. I, I'm telling you so much, you know, changes, but they do pop-ups. So look out for them because they do pop-ups and they do the coconut pancakes and they're so unreal. Um, they actually just had a pop-up and I went and I was like, I'm not missing this. <laughs> they were so good. Uh, let me think what, Gosh, I mean, there were just so many delicious, great things. I had so much fun at Governor's Ball with Roberta's Pizza because I got to I got to make the pizza, put it in the the oven, you know, do the whole flipping air toss thing. Um, which you know, I don't, I don't like pizzas like that. I don't use you know, um, uh, fire burning <laughs> ovens for this. So it was it, that was a blast. Um, I got really thrown in at field trip. Uh, it's uh, chef JJ Johnson Johnson spot. Um, that was a ton of fun because that was probably the least <laughs> structured um, shoot that I did, but it turned out to be like one of the most fun because of that. I, I love, you know, um, kind of, not improv, but spontaneity in terms of like, I am a a planner, like borderline type A when it comes to certain things. But when it comes to the show, honestly, I feel like the spontaneity and kind of just like flying by the seat of your pants in the moment 
really makes for those fun moments and, um, you know, invites the unexpected as opposed to just being too, too rigid and then just kind of putting out the same content that just is, you know, on rinse and repeat. So it, it allows for a lot more play, which I love. Now, when we set up everything, that's all, you know, all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. But once we, you know, are ready to, ready to roll, then, then that's when the fun happens. Um, and, and there it was just like, <laughs> it was just like there were, there were delivery orders and then we were filling delivery orders and then we were, you know, back to making our dish and, you know, I was on the line. <laughs> like it was just, it was um, unexpected, but a blast. Yeah. I, I honestly had so much fun doing, doing all of the different episodes, making all of the different dishes. I especially love when they entrust me kind of the, the point of it. Um, you know, it's cleared through when we're scheduling too, is that kind of the angle is they instruct me how to make their thing. So I'm the one, as opposed to, you know, Oh, let me watch the professional do it. It's like, you know, I've, I've worked in the food industry, so I'm I'm not brand new. So I kind of know a little bit what I'm doing, but I don't know how to make your dish or your Mm -hmm. dish. So it kind of, some of the fun of it is them instructing me to do it, seeing how well I can, you know, do it. Um, but learning along the way, talking to them about the different steps, about the ingredients and things like that. So it's really cool when they fully entrust me and they really let me take the reins. Um, so, so wherever that happens to, I enjoy it even more. I also want to know, like, what does your creative process look like as a creator and where do you find that inspiration? I, find it so interesting that you just didn't have a culinary background and you found yourself here too. Just, I'd love to know what that looked like. Oh, I'd love, I'd love to know actually too. <laughs> um, I, I guess certainly everybody is completely different and anybody who is in the creative space and, and what's tough too, is there's no, uh, there's no part in the pun, but there's no recipe for, you know, the creative process. And I'm not trying to sound like, Oh, I'm an, uh, I'm an artist, you know, not, not <laughs> like that, but, but it's, it's kind of tough. Right. So I've, I've worked in, not exactly, it wasn't corporate, but I worked in a, you know, a typical kind of, uh, for lack of a better, you know, way to put it like a nine to five job. Um, and, and I've done that. So, so I know, no one understand what structure is, what's expected, what road maps look like, what you're, you know, you're supposed to do, you've got the goal and, and you put in the work and you get there with creative stuff, you know, it's, you're kind of, you're totally in the driver's seat and it's like, okay, where are we going? What are we doing? And if you don't have an idea at the moment, you're just kind of like, well, I might, I need to pull over for a second, maybe figure it out uh, before I go anywhere. Or I could just start driving and see what happens. You could take either angle. For me, sometimes what works best is working on maybe just hobbies or things or ideas. So for instance, to to kind of make sense of, of this you know, weird analogy I'm creating on the fly. (laughs) I, so for instance, with starting squish marshmallows, I never in my life thought 
yeah, I'm going to have a marshmallow company one day. <laughs> no, that was not, that was not a, a plan of mine. Now, when I was younger, so when food, food network first came out, that was kind of, and I've heard other people say this too, but I, I couldn't agree more. That was kind of a game changer because I loved, I loved food and I loved the idea of, you know, cooking and baking, but surprisingly or not, uh, you know, before that, it didn't seem as accessible. You know, it didn't seem like this cool thing that you could actually get into. Like, wow, you, there's there's so much creativity to be had with food, and there's so many different things you can and and I can watch this show and I could learn how to do this. And not, not to say that that's a you know a swap for culinary school necessarily, but but it just became so much more attainable to understand concepts to, to see how things are executed. And then of course you had, you know, all these wild game shows that came out too. And you're like, Oh my God, this is cool. This is playtime. This is, this is the creative side, you know, in the moment. So that really kind of inspired me to want to go to culinary school. And I talked about it with my parents and, you know, I was like, eh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm feeling college after high school. So I think I want to do culinary school. Mom was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Maybe do, uh, maybe do college first. And then, you know, if you want to afterwards, absolutely. In the meantime, I was gifted a, a KitchenAid mixer on my 18th birthday. So, so that was like <laughs> a fun, a fun thing for me to, uh, to get to play with. Um, but you know, as, as we kick this off, I, I did end up going to, um, to university and then really didn't, really didn't, you know, keep that idea of culinary school after that. Um, so, you know, for me, I had, I had that kind of that spark, but it kind of, you know, went into the background. Right. And then flash forward and I start doing this blog a little bit haphazardly, a coworker actually, you know, inspired me. No, they told me to do it. They were like, you always come up with the best restaurant recommendations. Like you need to do a blog. I was like, for who? Nobody's going to read it. He was like, I'll read it. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, he was a great guy. So I was like, I mean, it wasn't like dedicated to him, but, but he, you know, he encouraged me. He was like, you can do it. And I was like, all right. So, so I, so I did the blog and then just through doing that and doing some recipes and playing, doing one for marshmallows, that kind of segued and led into the whole idea about a, a company. So, so to me, I guess like while everybody's process is different, some people, you know, have a, a very defined vision, right. Of, of what exactly it is that they want, how they want it executed and then it's really just about refining those skills, working on that craft and, and, you know, getting as much experience in that area as you possibly can. For me, I'm a bit more of like, <laughs> like not as refined in that, in that process. And so for me, it kind of, you know, it just involves dabbling, I think for lack of a better term dabbling in different things, trying different things, experimenting with different things, um, in different mediums as well, you know, so it could be, it could be food. It could be, um, photography. It could be 
painting. It could be food styling. All of these things that, that I enjoy doing require different processes, different skill sets. Some of them merge and, and collide, which is awesome. Um, but some things don't communicate with each other. So, you know, I don't have, I guess that's a very extremely long-winded way of saying like, I don't have a defined creative process. I think for me, it's just kind of, you know, seeing what's in the moment, what kind of ideas I have, iterating off of those, exploring those. And sometimes they don't work and you got to scrap them and you say, this was nice. Let's move it along and, you know, try something different. So, you know, for me, it's just allowing myself to kind of, you know, explore, play, try things uh, and see what works. And, and if I can get some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Some steam behind it, um, then, then I'll go with it. Did you ever go back to culinary school? No, I did not. I, I, I never went. Um, I never did any formal training, um, classes, anything. Uh, I, so it's all, it's all self-taught. Um, you know, just from one experimenting around playing around, but then two, I also take things seriously and, you know, and confections, baking and pastry, uh, are not things, look, I have so much respect for, for cooking. Um, that is, that is a complete, you know, art and, and skill, but there you've got, you got a lot more wiggle room. Um, you know, if something doesn't taste right, you know, in the moment, all right, let's add a little bit of this. Let's do a little bit of that. Let's tweak this, um, take it off the heat, put it back on, you know, it's, it's that age old analogy that, um, that, you know, it's cooking, cooking is an art baking is a science. So, so with baking and, and confections and things like that, uh, you don't have as much wiggle room. <laughs> you like, you got to kind of get it right the first go. And if it doesn't work, eh, you've got limited options after that. So, so being able to practice, um, you know, read cookbooks, watch YouTube videos, uh, you know, see other people and, and the wisdom that they're sharing and things like that. Those are excellent tools that are so readily available now. You know, I, I, if I ever speak or, or hear, uh, you know, chefs uh, from, you know, previous generations where there wasn't all of this stuff, you know, people can go on TikTok and, and learn recipes. You know what I mean? Like it's so, yeah. it's so accessible. It doesn't make it easier because you still have to actually do the thing, yeah. but, but the ability to seek these things out, you know, in, in seconds is so much easier. Whereas, you know, chefs from generations ago, it, it was, you know, culinary school or learning through, um, through apprenticeships and cookbooks and you had to go get the cookbook and then pray, right. There's no video instruction on what it should look like. So it's really, you know, yeah. you have to, you have to think like, am I doing this right? Like, I don't know, like, this is okay. <laughs> and, and so if, if, you know, visual mediums are things that you, um, you know, you have the ability to view then, then in that case, it, you know, you've, you have that advantage there. Um, so yeah, so I, I used, I used all these tools that were available 
um, and just kind of, you know, went through the motions and taught myself. But I mean, I would, I would love, love to, you know, take classes now that I have some more time. I think you can never stop learning Mm -hmm. and, and learning from, from somebody now, you know, of course that in-person things too, and and whatnot um, are opening and, and open up that's, that's something too, that I, I would never shy away from. Uh, I just had not had that opportunity or experience prior to now. Speaking of learning. So from squish marshmallow, what would be like some of your best entrepreneurship running a business type advice and tips? Oh goodness. Um, (laughs) gosh, I would just say, I would say never shy away from an idea, but at the same token, you know, being realistic as well. So it's, it's, it's a fine balance, I think of having an idea and trying it, but you know, if something is just, I don't want to be like a, a wet blanket, but I do, but I do kind of practice my things with, with the sorts of pra- sense of practicality as well. Right. Because if, if something just isn't working, let's say you create, you create something, um, let's say it's, it's some new kind of candy that nobody's ever heard of or had before. And you're like, this is groundbreaking. This is going to be amazing. This is the next best thing. I believe in it so hard but you bring it out to lots of people. You do lots of different sampling events, lots of different markets. You, you send it to, you know, maybe different editors and things like that. You really circulate it. You really get it out there and it's the product. Right. And, but it's not really resonating with anybody. They're like, okay, well, like, okay, I see where you're going, but like, "Mm, it's not for me. No, thanks. You know? And if you keep doing that and keep doing that, you know, at a certain point, once you have enough market research and you're seeing maybe, okay, maybe I enjoy this, but maybe this isn't for the masses. And maybe this isn't, you know, maybe this isn't my next big idea. Maybe this is a stepping stone. It's got the creative juices flowing, but this isn't it. So, all right, I did it. I really tried. Amazing. Maybe let's see what the next thing is for me. So I think that, you know, it's, it's just having that kind of balance of, of knowing you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in what you're doing first but then, you know, if you're, I, I guess I can only speak to maybe like, you know, selling, selling a product or, or a service or something like that. After a while, you know, if, if there's no traction, what, what is that phrase? Like if, if you, if you love something, let it go. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's like, okay, like we have to be. And I think that that's the whole thing with entrepreneurship too, right? Like there are very, very, very few people in this world who have sought out to start a company or something and then just nailed it on the first one. There's another, gosh, there are so many quotes, like cliche quotes that I'm, that I'm using, but it, yeah. but there's that other one, right? Like it took me 20 years to be an overnight success. Like, you know, that, that is, that is most people's story, right. Who, and, and that if they're lucky too. So the whole journey of being an entrepreneur is, is it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's not glamorous. It's not, it's not, you know, um, the coolest thing ever, because there's a lot of like, you know, there's peaks and valleys for sure. And, and, more valleys often 
the knot peaks. So, so it's really just kind of about, you know, working super hard, believing in yourself, but also, you know, having, having your wits about you and seeing, you know, what's going on too. And if things aren't working, being okay and adapting with trying something else or coming up with another idea, um, you know, or iterating off of that idea. So I, I really think it's, it's about kind of being present and taking everything in. I love when people are like, follow your dreams, shoot for the stars. You can do whatever you want. And like, totally. Yes. But like sometimes, sometimes things don't work out. And I think it's just better to, (laughs) to, to mentally prepare yourself and know that that is not the end of the world. Like there is something else out for you. You thought that maybe this was your one and only best idea. Trust me. If you thought of something incredible once, like you're not exhausted, you can, you can totally do it again, but it's, it's, it's an uncertain process. You know, there's no, there's no written rule book on how to be like an entrepreneur. So it's a rocky road, but like, if you're the kind of person that's up for the adventure, you go for it. (laughs) Awesome. And I wanted to ask, so you touched on it and I loved how you put it of like chefs back in the day relied on cookbooks and now we have all these accessible resources. How else do you see food media and the food industry and hospitality um, evolving these days? Gosh, it's it's wild because, you know, I, I think over just the last, the last few years, two years, even maybe I would say just kind of the cusp before the pandemic and to now, as one can imagine, so many things have changed. Um, I think that there's, you know, gosh, I don't know how deep I can get into this, but I'll, I'll kind of just scratch the surface on maybe a couple different things. I think in terms of, uh, let's, let's hit food media first off the list. Um, cause I don't want to stay there too long, um, it, on topic rather, but I think for that, what's great and necessary right now is that there's a lot of transparency that was not there before. I think there are lots of articles that can be found easily um, and situations over the past couple of years that are certainly not favorable. And, and I think that it is crucial that those uh, situations, those stories, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to get too specific, but just so that I'm not like too, you know, <laughs> smoking like, mirrors. Know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just essentially kind of the, the mistreatment of, of staff members, mm. um, the inequality, um, you know, kind of that, uh, for lack of a better word too, kind of the abuse of the industry as a whole. Right. I think that too, you know, uh, in years past decades ago, but even, you know, uh, still to this day, it was very commonplace, which is absolutely wild to me, very commonplace for abuse in, and I'm, I'm not talking necessarily physical, but certainly we've, we've read articles where horrifically that's the case too, but, but verbal abuse in a kitchen was, ah, that was normal. 
I totally will get reamed out by my chef. Like I will totally get berated and, and talk down and that's normal. Why is that normal? <laughs> Why is that okay in any industry? But for some reason in particular, hospitality industry, it was like, no, nah, that's the norm. I'm sorry. That should never be a norm. So I think that, um, I mean, it just it just creates such a toxic and horrible environment. It doesn't toughen you up and make you better. It makes you scared to come into work every day, you know, afraid for your for your job. And then it it festers and then you end up projecting that if you then become, you know, a head chef later and that's how you talk to your staff. So I think that all of that is is, you know, progress takes a lot of time, but but I think all of that is changing. So in, in food media as well, with some of those issues as well, that transparency, people talking about it now, where it was just like, we don't talk about it. Now they are. So I think that that's excellent. And things there are going to be heading, hopefully, in, in a much better um, direction. And then in terms of food too, I think that, uh, you know, it's really cool that there's so many different um kind of pop-up uh, ideas and concepts and collaborations that I don't think were as prevalent before. So there's a lot more exposure and availability for certain people who are maybe, you know, like myself was years ago, just totally solo, kind of doing my thing, but didn't really have a platform or place to bring, you know, certain ideas to um, that didn't involve necessarily like so then the common thing was like doing markets or doing festivals and things like that, which can be, you know, big ticket items uh, for, for the vendor, you know, a, a lot of rent to pay and things like that. Whereas now a lot of places too are kind of opening up their doors, you know, restaurants or something that, you know, maybe they don't open on Mondays. So Mondays are like a cool pop-up day and, you know, we're going to bring in di a ro different rotating crew of, of different bakers or, you know, artisans to come in and they were on the show those days. So, you know, everybody wins. Um, and I think that that's happening a lot more now than, than I remember ever seeing in past times too. I think that, you know, the level of creativity is getting better too. I think there was like a big bulk of time, especially when I was, you know, um, kind of in the thick of, of my business where just like the theme and, and the trend was like over the top, everything It was like, how big can we make this like milkshake? Like how <laughs> <Yeah>. many <laughs> things can we stack on these pancakes? And it's like, Oh my God, no, this, this is like, and it's all for the gram. Like, you know, and it, it, that to me was just like, so gratuitous and you fall into the trap a little bit. Cause you're like, I guess this is like what I have to do to get eyes. But now seeing where things, you know, some classics are coming back, some old world recipes are coming back, you know, really fine art of pastry and, and really cool creative ideas are kind of, you know, popping up, which um, just makes me super happy. I, I love, you know, things that are just not they don't have to be wild and over the top, but if they're like super cool, really creative, like pretty, they don't have to be perfect. And I think that's too where things are leading into like the imperfect, perfect, you know, 
like a lot of these cakes you'll see too now are like, you know, the edges on the top are like jagged and, and unfinished. And it's like, no, that's the look. That's cool. I'm like, <laughs> well, dang, that makes things easier too for like the cake decorator. So I'm all in for that. But, um, you know, flavors that matters more. And, and that, that makes me so, so happy. Awesome. It's interesting. And, um, I think just before we get into brunch and wrap up questions, I wanted to know, like, what else is next for you? What else can you share with us or want to share with us? Anything new coming up? Yeah. Um, let's think what's coming up. Well, I really want to get back into more episodes of, uh, sprung on food. That's just so fun for me. So, uh, you know, I, I love those and, I've actually got um, in the books, this is just like, you know, personal, personal development stuff. Uh, um, Some pastry classes. Now that we've talked about that, um, I am enrolled in one. It's not like pastry, uh, you know, school or anything like that. Um, But it's a, it's like a three day, three day class. Um, And I'm super pumped for that because I've never really, I've never worked under the, you know, instruction of, of somebody else and learning from them in this, you know, kind of medium. So, so I'm super pumped for that and I'm, you know, I'm going to see how it goes. And then, and then maybe there will be more because I just, I love learning different techniques and, you know, and there's no substitute, you know, as much as I've just been doing my own thing and, you know, kind of flying by the seat of my pants with, you know, recipes and things like that, there's just uh, something so invaluable about being able to kind of learn from somebody directly in the moment and have that direction and something's not coming out, then they give you a solution. It's like, Oh my God, this is so cool. So, um, so I'm super, super pumped about that. I miss in-person things. I miss like Sir Latab classes and uh, I was in the yeah. city. I miss like ice and all that. I know. So, th- so that's, you know, and I, especially too, since I had not had the privilege of doing it in, in the past, but even more so after the past couple of years when they were just clearly not available now that they are, um, you know, it's just like, it's a whole whirlwind and I'm just, I'm super pumped to get into it. You know, wait, are you going to ice? Uh, no, this is Valrona. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And let's get into brunch questions. Do you like brunch? I mean, who doesn't like brunch there? I mean, there are elements of like the actual event of brunch that I'm not a fan of. Um, but, <laughs> but if it's just the food we're talking about, heck yeah, I'm a fan. Awesome. Well, again, since it's the brunch and learn podcast, we're going to talk about brunch and some learning yeah. things. Let's so meal wise, what is your ideal brunch? Like if you go make something, go to a restaurant, like what are you ordering, drinking, anything's possible. Oh God. So I'm, I'm kind of like a creature of habit when it comes to, to that meal in particular. Uh, and it's not available everywhere. So, you know, that, 
so if we're going to talk about ideal situations. I mean, like locks, everything bagel, cream cheese deal, like that to me is is heaven. Like I I love that so much. Uh, other than that, for for brunchy kind of things, I'm very much also um, an eggs, home fries. But man, home fries, they ah. Uh, they're like, they're like, they're make or break. Sometimes I feel like when you find a place that does home fries, like really, really well, you're spoiled for the rest of your life because I've had so many occasions where they've just fallen flat and been like subpar and you're like, Oh man, like what's wrong with these potatoes? But, but a a good home fry. Oh my goodness. Um, delicious. I love the idea of like, pancakes and like really incredible, you know, toppings, i.e. like caramelized bananas and like a caramel sauce and stuff like that. But like, I never, I never ordered dessert for like my first meal like that. Like, I love the idea of it. I love the idea of having like pastries for breakfast. And as nuts as this might be to hear from like the ultimate sweet tooth and like a person of like a dessert company, I love desserts and sweets, but like, I like them like after, like yeah. after the meal, I, I want to get down to business. And then like, that's, that's like the fun stuff. So I never, I never really, I won't start like a meal. like, I'll eat a donut after dinner, but rarely will I ever have one for breakfast. So I'm more of like, yeah, for brunch time, I'm definitely more of a savory. Same. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and and coffee is a must. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, drinking a bl- black coffee. <laughs> and you always get like, I feel like you should like get pancakes for the table, like a share. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think that that is such a delightful whimsical, I, you know, like idea for people to do when they get something like that or waffles or, or some yeah. kind of item like that for sharing, because then it's, you know, I, I don't know. And I, like an item like that solo can sometimes just be and feel like a lot because usually the servings are pretty generous. You're getting like what, like three big pancakes or something. And you got to do the syrup. You got to do the butter, you know, got to make it right. And then afterwards you're just like, wow, now I have a whole day ahead of me and I feel like a ton of bricks in my stomach. So the idea of the table pancakes is brilliant. It's great. You get the taste in, (laughs) you appreciate it, but you're not stuck with the full lot all to yourself. And who do you think has the best bagels in the city? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm about to, um, who has the best bagels? You know whose bagels I like? Um, and that's the thing, too, is I treat I treat that kind of also like as a I know this sounds so weird. I'm so particular with, with certain foods, but I kind of treat it also like, um, like a special occasion. I don't get like a bagel all the time. I really don't. And I don't, (laughs) and I know that a bagel seemingly is like, okay, but you could literally get a bagel anywhere, anytime. Um, but I don't eat them all the time. I, I think I just, I really appreciate that special like ritual of having it with like the whole, you know, situation of like the spread. Um, but if I'm just doing like a regular bagel, like black seed has a really good bagel because it's kind of, it's kind of different. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's that Montreal hybrid, uh, bagel situation. But if I want like a 
big old big what is it it's um oh i'm so embarrassed that i'm blanking right now on the name um i know exactly where they are too they're on eighth avenue um near 20th it starts with a b oh this is embarrassing i hate when i forget names but they make um they've just got like it Theirs are kind of in the same vein for me too, if like Tompkins Square Bagels. Um, they're just which okay, also then shout out to Tompkins Square Bagels. Uh <laughs> if Brooklyn you want like bagel? a big uh maybe it is, is it? Maybe I don't know. Maybe it starts with a B. Uh but like yeah, like a Tompkins Square bagel where it's just like it, it's so bigger, bigger, fluffier. Mm-hmm. Um uh, whereas black seeds are, you know, kind of denser, a little smaller, but like they've got that chew. I don't know. There's, there's something beautiful about lots of bagels. There are very few that I've had that honestly were like terrible. Um, so especially too, we're in New York, right? We got that good water. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like a win-win wherever you go. I was going to say the same. I love black seed. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they have a location that was, um, was right near where my shop was. So that was very convenient too. (laughs) (laughs) And for the learning aspect. So what is one thing you've learned this week? And it could be anything. Mm, What's one thing I learned this week? Uh, Well, truth be told back to being like, you know, an an untrained uh, dessert person. um, I actually, uh, made uh entremet cakes um for the first time uh with like a mirror glaze and it, you know it's it is a process um it, it takes about uh, depending on how many steps you want to do um but it could take an easily anywhere from like three to four days uh, of a process to make these a lot of it is like setting time, you know, freezing for hours slash overnight and, and things like that. Uh, but so many different technical steps too. And I never had a reason to make them thus, you know, had not. But again, now that I, I have more freedom to kind of, you know, um, to practice these things and play, um, I made them and so much fun, L- like such a cool you know, little, uh, activity, uh, if you will. And, um, and I felt proud of myself afterwards. I, I threw like a video up. So if, I don't, I don't know when this episode's going to air, but, um, you know, there's a, it'll still be on my, my Instagram feed, but, uh, but I did a, a couple reels on it and they're, they're cute and they're fun. And, and, um, I feel like I learned a, a lot of different skill there and technique. And that was a lot of fun for me and they tasted great. So, you know, (laughs) it's very cool. And finally, where can people find you on the internet and say hi? Yeah. Uh, Instagram, I think is probably where I post the most stuff I would say. So my handle is I am sprung. And uh, my website has all the links to all the things, uh, which is just katherinesprung.com. And I've got links to Squish Marshmallows on there, but you can follow along too on Instagram. It's Squish Marsh, M-A-R-S-H. Took me a second there. Uh, Because a lot of times people uh, misspell uh, 
marshmallow and they do it with like an E, but it's an A. Uh, so I said, let's take the guesswork out of there. Um, yeah, those are great. Those are great places to go. And, you know, my my Instagram and, and website have all the links to all the things. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you. I had a blast. Hey, friends, virtual hugs for completing another episode of the Brunch and Learn podcast. Did you learn something new this episode? I sure did. If you're loving the podcast, don't shy away from showing your love. Consider rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to hear more guests and episodes, head over to our website at womenwhobrunch.com for episodes, recipes, blog posts, updates on events, and much more. See you guys soon.